right, I got a pair of tickets. I got a pair of tickets to see. Oh, you want to see this game? Can't you, wait. You may see history at this game. Jays oh. and Yankees down at the Rogers Center on September 26th. I've got a pair of tickets to give away to that game. We'll do that later on in the oh. show with our trivia get question. Get it down, get it singing. You could see history. Aaron Judge, I mean, there's a chance. I'm that, there's that a chance too, that Judge hits, Judge hits, sets the American League record in Toronto. I'm not keeping the ball if he if if I you caught the back. ball and he hits it, I'm giving it back right away. I'm not keeping it. I'm not that guy that's going to put it up on eBay and try to get money for it. I give it. Oh, you ain't I trying. Give it back. I give it back. That I would give back. Like that's. You think so? Yeah, that's that's Throw a matter. Throw it back. Throw it back. No, that's something that's going to go into. Uh, that's something that's going to go to Cooperstown. I'm oh. not going to hang on to it. I'm not. I'm sorry. I'm just not, not going to do it. And I know there are people out there who wouldn't. Shaming you if you would. Shaming you greedy people who would do that. No, I'm not saying I would oh, you'd not ask for something in return. Like what? A car? I would, no, you know what I'd ask? Tickets? I'll tell you exactly a what. A hat? No. pair of spikes? Tell you what I, exactly what I'd ask for return. For in return. I'd ask for box seats to Whoa. the home opener, Yankees home opener next season. Wow. And... Flight, what if you're a Jays flight fan? Down there. That's fine. I'd do the same thing. That's all I'd ask for. I wouldn't I wouldn't even want anything signed from Aaron Judge. Really? Nope. I'd say, give me flight, hotel. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Tickets. Yeah. yeah. Flight, hotel, and box uh, seats at the opener. <laughs> food. No, I didn't say that. I didn't say a limo. A limo would be nice, uh, but I didn't say food. <laughs> I didn't say food. Anyhow. There you go. Uh, I'll give those tickets away. Uh, I'll give those tickets away, and it would have to be wait. it would have to be a good hotel. Um, <laughs> but the Yankees would He'd do it just upright. Say, Keep anyhow. the ball. <laughs> Probably would. We uh, spent a great deal of time in the past couple of weeks talking over some of the rules changes that we are going to see in Major League Baseball uh, next year. And I made the point that I found it interesting that. Um, the only people who seem to, I'll be careful the way I say this. The only people who really seemed thrilled with the changes, you know, outside of the folks in the commissioner's office who wanted this to happen, it seemed like all the former players on TV were all happy with it and mm. the media was all happy with it. It seems like the everyday players, the, the reaction was not, initially was not great. Now, I think like you, much of that probably focuses on the, the pitch clock more than the shift. Seems like it. Um, but it doesn't matter. The rules are going to be brought in. These were not just thought of, they were just not thought up willy-nilly. They've been tested in the minor leagues. There is data behind these rules. And uh, one of the individuals involved in that whole process is our next guest. We've had him on before. He's a friend of the show. He is Morgan Sword, Executive Vice President of Baseball Operations for Major League Baseball. Morgan, thanks so much for joining us today. We we trust that you're keeping well on uh, on on this Friday. Um, and, and I'll just I'll ask you just a general question as to the immediate reaction to the rules changes because I don't think anybody I don't think any of us were surprised at the rules changes that are coming in, uh, and you know, we know that they've been worked through in the minors and everything. I was a little surprised at some of the blowback from players initially, and I'm wondering if you were as well. Yeah, hey guys, how's it going? Um, you, you know, we had a, uh, I actually would characterize the player reaction as pretty positive to the changes. Okay. Uh, you know, I think, um, you know, we've been following pretty closely the reaction. Um, you know, everybody's had a chance to kind of weigh in after it's been announced. And, you know, I think there's a natural apprehension to change. Uh, 
you know, generally, uh, especially if it affects you, right? I mean, and, and you know, every one of these guys is going to have to prepare for the season a little bit differently than they were planning on. Um, and, you know, we get that. I think that that's, um, um, you know, that's that's not lost in us. And we tried to be careful with, with what we were doing for that reason. But um, I think that uh, everybody is supportive of the idea that, you know, we need to move this game, you know, in the direction of a crisper pace, more action, more athleticism, more defensive play, um, more plays on the bases. And, and I think there's broad agreement that, you know, these changes are going to are going to do that. One of the things that really intrigued me with the pitch clock is how did you come up with the actual the time, the you know, the actual time between pitches? I, like, I've got to mm. think that that wasn't just let's throw it started a dartboard hey 15 you know uh (laughs) i'm sure there was you know i'm sure 15 16 17 14 how how did how did how did you guys come up with that time was there a method to that yeah sure we tested um a bunch of different timings in the minor leagues over the last couple of years uh and you know probably the closest comparison right now is we've got 14 seconds and 19 seconds uh in going in triple a that's for nobody on base and runners on base and um, we're going to add a little bit of time at the big league level, uh, you know, just uh, for a bunch of reasons, but mainly because our players asked us to. So um, we are, uh, you know, that we've had about 8,000 games worth of tests. And, you know, we've been in the minor league ballparks for the last couple of years, watching these games, asking people for their feedback. And, you know, we think that those timings creates the right balance where the game doesn't feel rushed but it moves along. And, uh, you know, once you get, you know, you get through nine innings about 25, 26 minutes faster um, under these rules than you do, you know, without the timer in place. Morgan, is there anything bad about no shifts? <laughs> is there anything bad about it? Yeah. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's interesting. I, you know, I followed, there's a, um, a big debate in the analytical world about, you know, whether these rules are, uh, the shift restriction is going to accomplish, um, sort of what it set out, sets out to accomplish. I think, um, uh, you know, we have, uh, and you know, it's a harder rule to test because there's less shifting in the minor leagues, right? So Mm -hmm. restricting shifting doesn't have as big effect in the minors as it will in the big leagues. But, um, ultimately I think on this one, you know, we are relying on uh, a lot of people with, a lot of on-field experience who are convinced that, um, you know, we are going to create more base hits by moving infielders out of their optimal position. You know, we're going to protect against what's a growing trend, you know, particularly for the Jays of, you know, playing these four outfield alignments, four outfielder alignments. Um, and, uh, and, you know, increase the value of putting the ball in play, right? You might mm-hmm. see some changes in two strike approach next year, um, as a result, you know, you're going to, and probably most importantly, we're going to restore a more traditional aesthetic to infield defense. Um, that's something that, you know, came out of our fan research that I think the, the shifts are actually very frustrating and, um, you know, for, for fans. Yeah, it, it's, uh, I, I, you know, my initial read of it was that not as many people were bent out of shape about the shift as, as the pitch clock. And I, I think, it, it's funny because I, I was one of those people. I mean, I I like the strategic aspect of Not baseball. Me. You know, I, well, you're a hitter. You mm-hmm. were a hitter. Left-handed I like, hitter. Too. I know. I like the strategic aspect of baseball. But once I started getting a sense that this was what was coming down the pipe, I I, I kind of started watching the game differently. 
And I'm realizing now just how much has been taken away by the shift. And it's not a question to me of whether or not it's fair. It's just a question of, look, every sport changes rules. You know, every, every sport adapts to try to create entertainment and try to make a more entertaining product. So I, I think maybe that's what happened is by just putting, kind of putting people on notice, Morgan, that the shift was probably going to go away. A lot of people who may intentionally thought, well, this is a little too heavy-handed, started looking at the game a little differently and, and came around to it because it really, yeah. is, it really is remarkable just how everybody's like, universally accepted it for the most part. <laughs> well, I'll, gi- I'll give you an interesting example of that. So I, I had the Met game on last night, and they were interviewing Francisco Lindor, who was, um, happened to be shifted over to the right of second base. Um, John Smoltz asked him, you know, are you going to miss being shifted over here next year? And Lindor actually said, no, not at all. I like being over here. I'm a shortstop. Right. And I, and I think there's something to that, you know, that, uh, this is, uh, you know, shifting is a very recent development in the 150 years of baseball. And, and, uh, you know, a lot of what this rule is going to do is sort of restore, you know, infield positioning to what it's been for most of our history. Mm-hmm. Do you think that will force, owners to have to pay hitters differently now because of no shift. I don't think so. I think, you know, you might see some, um, you know, some, some types of players like slightly benefit or, or are hurt by, um, by this rule. But I think in general, the way that clubs value players is so sophisticated these days um, that uh, it accounts for things like where the defense is playing and, Mm -hmm. um, and I, I don't expect there will be a, um, you know, a material impact on the, you know, the way players get valued. One of the things that I'd wondered about when I, I, I looked at the rules, particularly not just with the pitch clock, but with the stepping off and throwing over, it almost seems to me, my first reaction was, okay, they're piling more stuff on the poor umpires. But then I kind of, <laughs> but then, but Morgan, then I kind of thought, okay, that may be the case right now. But it it does appear as if we're moving, in some way, towards an automated strike zone, which would, I mean, theoretically, that would remove some of the decision making process or streamline the decision making process for certainly for the home plate umpire, which would allow them to focus a little more on some of these other rules. And I'm wondering if that's part of the thought process here, kind of the understanding that. You know, yeah, we are asking a lot of these guys right now, but whenever this next step is taken, it will even out. Sure. Yes, I think, uh, well, just so you guys, um, you know this, but you know, right now in the minor leagues, we're running the pitch timers with two-man umpire crews, which is what we use at the lower level of the minor leagues. And we've got four guys at the big leagues, and you know, the big league guys have more going on with instant replay and other things. But you know, we're pretty comfortable that, you know, they're going to be able to handle the additional responsibility. And honestly, that we've been working with them very closely on the development of these regs. And, um, and, you know, in some ways, uh, you know, nobody's happier about this than the umpires. I mean, you think about, um, you know, on the downside, you've got kind of another thing on your list for the game, but you know, you're getting off your feet 20, 30 minutes early, yeah. earlier every night. Um, you know, and those guys don't forget, I mean, you know, are, are out there three, four hours every night. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a gru- physically grueling job. So um, they are, uh, um, you know, they've been, they've been amazing uh, through the whole development of this process. And, and, you know, we're about to begin a pretty substantial, you know, training and preparation effort for next season with them and, uh, and the folks that are going to run the, run the clocks. I had this, I, I threw this out. We had Joe West on and I, I threw this out because I, you know, I, I, I'm old enough that I can think this way. 
and I told a story about when Mackie Sasser was catching for the Mets and he was having a difficult, he had the yips. And there were games where fans would start counting down when he threw the ball, right? They go one, two, three, <laughs> and then they applaud when he threw the ball. Any concern at all with the pitch clock? You know, fans are going to look at this and go, hey, you know, maybe we can really screw up the pitcher a little bit here by we'll start a 10-second countdown with eight seconds left or something like that. Mm. Yeah, you know, um, it, it's uh, uh, it's a possibility for sure. And I think that, you know, one thing that um, we are going to see at the big league level that, you know, is hard to simulate in the minor leagues is, you know, the competitive consequences and the, and the stakes of, of this um, go up significantly, as, right. as you guys know. So um, now I, I, I think a lot of those things are, are positives, frankly. You know, I think they, they're engaging. They, um, you know, they, they it's another way, another sort of door into the game for, for the fans. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm actually very excited to see kind of, you know, how this uh, how this plays in the big league parks. Next how, about, year. how about the hmm. stolen base? How should fans look at the stolen base now? Yeah, so uh, the the testing data in the minor leagues suggests that we're going to see an increase in stolen base attempts next year mm-hmm. and an increase in the success rate on steals. Um, and, you know, that is uh, a feature, not a bug. Uh, you know, I think the, um, you know, one of the things that fans tell us in this research is they want more steals in the game. Yeah. Um, and, you know, stolen bases have been on a downward trend for about 20 years. Um, and you know, if, if we see the same kind of increase at the major league level that we saw at the minor league level, and we're going to sort of restore the stolen base environment that existed in the early two thousands, um, you know, when guys, you know, the leaderboards were guys with 60, 70 steals in a season. So, um, you know, we're pretty excited about that. I mean, it's a, it's an athletic, exciting play, those types of players, um, you know, I think, um, you know, will be more valuable going forward and, and, you know, hopefully that's, that's going to be a real positive. And you do have evidence that the larger bases do reduce injury, right? Yes. Yeah. Across the, at every level of the minor leagues, injuries at the bases were down this year, um, you know, cut 10, 15% or so. Uh, and it's intuitive, right? You get sort of give everybody a little more space to operate. Um, uh, you have a couple fewer collisions, right. fewer ankles getting stepped on that kind of thing. So that's, that's been good. Morgan, we're going to let you scoot. Appreciate you doing this as always, my friend. Thanks so much. Thanks a lot. All right, guys. Thank you. Take care. Morgan Sword, Executive Vice President, Baseball Operations with the Commissioner's Office. Uh, If a guy steals 90 bases, big deal. Bigger bases. Oh, I see what you mean. Uh, In other words, would the base, would it be devalued? Absolutely. No, because... It's closer. Let me... It would be devalued because... Base stealing is really it, it. It would still be ninety steals would be a. Bold, I mean that's a big number, but, right? But I'm no, yeah. I'm, I'm saying no. It would because it would be such a big bold number compared to what we're seeing now. That even with the bigger bases, that's still a that's a huge increase. That's a huge increase. Mm-hmm. I, to me, the bigger base thing is it's something that makes theoretic theoretically it makes sense. It makes sense to me, and I don't. I don't have that much of an issue with it um, because I do like the stolen base in the game. But only if you get paid more for it. That's my. That's 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 it, all I care about. But that's that is the thing. And 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 now we're going to have this debate again because the debate kind of went out the window. There used to be a debate in the '80s. I tell you the Marquise Grissom story about about going into arbitration with the Expos and the Expos telling them that the stolen base is overvalued. And he basically said, "Okay, screw you guys. I'm not running." And that was the thing. Yeah. In, that was the thing in in way to go. 
spring training where they had to work through because Marquis said, I'm not going to risk hurting, hurting myself because doing something that isn't valued. That debate is going to come back. And analytically, the stolen base has always been poo-pooed. It's, it's kind of a weird thing. The stolen base has been poo-pooed analytically. And also a lot of baseball people have always kind of looked, not always, but have looked at the stolen base as being, yeah, it's kind of an unnecessary gamble. So I, it's going to be fun having that debate again, seeing how the modern baseball player adopts to that, seeing how analytics adopt to it or adapt to it because Hitting 300 Mor- Mor- Morgan was talking about the stolen base totals in 2000. The game has changed. Anal- I mean, analytics barely existed in 2000. The game has changed so much now that it'll, that will be fascinating to see mm-hmm. the, the, the value attached to the stolen base. And I don't, I just, I don't think we know. I mean, I'm sure the Rays know what it's going to mean financially, <laughs> but I think, I, I don't think we know what the financial impact of that is. I, anything that increases base running to me is good because I do love the stolen base. If you, if you pay me to hit 300, that would force me to choke up, be better with two strikes, go the other way more. Do you think they'll do that? I don't. I just don't know how the game. I don't know how the game's going to look. I, I really don't. I think we're going to see. There are some numbers that are always going to be that that are always going to be valued. I think there will be a value in average. I think o, you know OPS isn't obviously they're they're going to be counting numbers Slugging. that value. Uh, you know, weighted runs created plus that, that's something players talk about now. Mm-hmm. You know, Carlos Correa talks about that. We sure. saw that interview with Carlos Correa. What do you look at? They uh, the interview was somebody gave Carlos Correa just a sheet of paper these are numbers it wasn't i don't even know who the player was these are numbers from a fictitious player what are you looking at first mm-hmm. he went wrc plus that's the first thing i look at so players are thinking differently now the game is thinking a little differently now i do think there will have to be a reset in how guys are paid better too but that is something that i think will just will it will almost happen organically it will almost happen organically it's like anything else the rarer mm-hmm. something is generally the more it's worth if all of a sudden we've got 38 guys stealing 112 bases as a result of the rules well, it's changes, not that it's the guy like Vladdy gonna... who can hit 50 but would steal nope. eight or nine yep. bases now will steal 20 but my point Make is more money doing it but my point is the more people s- steal bases we don't know if does that mean that they're going to be valued more or does that mean they're going to be valued less because owners are going to say, I mean, everybody in baseball, everybody steals bases now. What the hell's 25 steals? I look in that team. They've got nine guys with 25 steals. So they're not going to do it, is your point. There's always... There's you always, pay me, I'll do it. There, the it's point. always <laughs> yeah. a way for management and ownership Cha-ching. to come up with a way or come up with a reason to not have to pay somebody mm-hmm. for something. That's just... I'm not denigrating anybody. Historically, that's been the case. That's life. That has been the case. Yeah. There are always ways of looking at what is happening and attempting to devalue the work of that person. I mean, they're just, there is. Anyhow, it was a good, a good conversation. It is. I, I, like, I like Morgan. And, and I, I like I said, the, the shift, eh. I, I, I've seen enough this. Why did that talk to you about that kind of that aha moment? I can't remember what game was. There were three balls ripped right up the middle. And, you know, they're caught by an infielder mm-hmm. just almost like sticking his hand up. You know that's not going to change, right? 
that that'll still yeah that'll still the happen. The guy can stand inches from the bag. Yeah, but the point is there may not be two guys standing inches from the bag, or there may not be a guy behind the guy behind the guy behind the guy behind the guy yeah. behind, right? Yeah. And I, I I'm starting to see now that there that there is stuff that it is taking away from me as a fan, uh, from my enjoyment of the game. The pitch clock, uh, I wish him luck. I am really looking forward to Jeff Nelson giving uh, Kevin Gosman. giving <laughs> yeah I'm looking forward to Jeff Nelson giving Kevin Gossman or no it's going to be Alec Manoa because he's a slower working one giving an you know looking at Alec Manoa and saying that's ball one in this guy because you took too long um and and it's, it's gonna September happen. 22nd and the I'm looking forward to that mm-hmm. uh there's gonna take some buy-in obviously some buy-in from the players but the whole this the fact that they are the more rules you create the more work the more decisions you are giving your umpires to make on the field kevin makes me think that we are we may be even closer to the automated strike zone than we think we are because that's next ultimate yeah ultimately mm-hmm. where this is going is you know the home plate umpire is still going to signal balls and strikes but he's going to be told what a ball is and what a strike is but his job description is going to be more watching the play at the plate, mm-hmm. you know, keep, keep adjudicating the rules as they pertain to, um, you know, to, uh, to 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 field field rules lot. at the different ballparks. That is where this is going. Ultimately, this is this is a a, a step towards taking some other decisions out of the hands of the umpires, and that will be the big step. And automated strike zone. That will be an interesting discussion because it's not going to be that box that you see in TV. It's not. That's why I keep saying the box in TV does nobody any favors. We know one of the things Morgan Sword talked about in this show. Their research shows that the strike zone is actually a little more oblong. It's not a it's not a circle. It's not a square. It's someplace in between. And mm. I have thoughts you know? on that, but it's. I, I what, as, what? as I said, I, I the 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 strike zone box just does nobody. We already know that Major League Baseball doesn't use it. So, so why put it up? Why put it up? Exactly. We already know that the umpires are allowed certain number of inches. <laughs> really? Well, they are. No, yeah. but but I mean, the, but the point is, they uh, are when they're graded, and it's silly. like, but it's like we're sitting there saying, okay. Nobody really uses this for anything except those of us in TV so we can get people upset about it. So all those little pitches that, that, that were missed by a wee bit, they're actually okay with that. That's uh, the way those guys are taught to call the game. But let's, let's shrink it on our own trying because to hit it, it. Yeah. And it's yeah. not. Strikes on boxes just. If you know baseball, you don't, need the, you don't need the box. That's not true. I know baseball and I need it. You need it just because you hate umpires. <laughs> That's a fact. And it makes it easy to hate umpires. That's the only reason you like it. Uh, it, only, it, cre- it, it creates an unnecessary amount of angst in our life. You know what doesn't create angst in our life is the uh, daily trivia question we have to give Ooh. away Blue Jays tickets. And uh, we've been doing that all season long on Blair and Barker. I've only got a couple of games left in the season. Um, all you have to do to get tickets is text the correct answer, 590-590. 
And uh, we've got tickets for the Jays and Yankees on September 26th at the Rogers Center. You can see history being made. Who knows? Maybe the Jays clinch a playoff spot on September 26th. Yeah, no? Mm. You could see a little celebration. Yesterday, we asked you which Oriole was the 2002 and 2005 All-Star MVP. The answer was Miguel Tejada. Mm. That's a good trivia question. That's good. This one is really good, although when we read it out in the office, a certain Jay sideline reporter who happened to be in the office with us got the answer to this question. Uh, and with, the best. Without that. a word of a lie, three seconds? I not mean, a, not even. less. Mark read the question out. He'd barely finished his breath, and she jumped in with the answer. Well, Kevin and myself just kind of looked at each other. No, no, I'm used to that. No, no. So today's question is to win tickets to the Jays and Yankees at the Rogers Center on September 26th. Which all-star switch hitter led the Yankees in homers and RBIs the last time the Yankees won the World Series? Again, which all-star switch hitter led the Yankees in homers and RBIs the last time the Yankees won the World Series? Text the answer to 59599 if you're shot to win. See rules at sportsnet.ca slash 590. You can win a pair of tickets to see the Jays and Yankees on September 26th. I was... I would have gotten this probably in mm. about five minutes. I would have had to think Not about it. I would have gone through. No, 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 <laughs> no. I would have. The switch hitter may have given it away. A little. But I still, I mean, it was, I still wouldn't have. Not like that. No. Mm. No. I just wouldn't have. Uh, anyway, that was impressive. She's great. Well, we can tell the story about you you calling her from your trivia no, no, contest. I text, with your... I text. I text <laughs> about a football player, a was kicker, one, which, and which, I had no idea Which place kicker broke his leg celebrating? No, no, I don't, no, no, I don't think was. that was the question, but that that's what it ended up The answer was, yeah. Was the answer. That Martin was the guy. Martin yeah. Yeah, yeah, and she... Barker texts her. feel like I didn't have any idea. And it comes back right away. sports, it was... She shows off a lot. Good for her. Yeah, she got, she can, no, she is. Uh, she knows sports now. She knows, now, she knows sports. She's fast on her feet, man. And she, and she, I've, I've seen the trivia thing in action. It's, it's, it's pretty remarkable. So there you go. That's mm-hmm. our trivia question for today. Jeff Passan is our regular insider. He is, of course, ESPN's senior baseball insider and reporter. Uh, we'll get Jeff's take on this whole Vladdy Guerrero story. And uh, we'll, we'll get Jeff's take as well on what we're seeing around around Major League Baseball. The Yankees appear to have righted the ship a bit. Uh, we talked about Seattle. They're on a roll. Um, San Diego Padres are still, they, st- they still can't get out of their own way. And, I mean, somebody's got to win the AL Central. We'll talk to Jeff Passan about that, and we'll ask the question, what the Chicago White Sox do to keep Tony La Russa away from the team? It's a, it's, it's a serious question. They played well for Miguel Cairo. He should step down. That's... That's exactly That's what opinion. should happen. Do you mm-hmm. think he'll do it? No. We'll ask Jeff passing that. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590. The Fan 316 Review. You get your favorite podcast. Starting Monday, be sure to tune into the J.D. Bunkus podcast. Weekday mornings at 9 on Sportsnet 590. The Fan or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Showing Barker, save it. Video of Lance McCullers. This last start. 
Yeah, Lance McCullers is back. He's pretty good. Hmm. I mean, we talk about having a debate about who you're going to start in a three-game series if you're the Jays. It's like to be part of the decision-making process with the it's Houston, an easy one. Houston sure. Astros. It's an easy one. You got a lot of good ones. Yeah. Yeah. There really is no bad choice there. But mm. uh, anyhow. Um, I should mention, by the way, that we don't have a uh, starting pitcher for the Blue Jays today. The first of three games against the Baltimore Orioles. We're, we're, we know it's going to be a bullpen day. We know that Trevor Richards pitched yesterday. He might have been a candidate to open Friday, uh, to open today's mm. game. So, you know, it, I mean, pick, pick a reliever. Um, Julian Merriweather's done it. You say Kikuchi. I mean, you say Kikuchi is here. Uh, I don't know if you would go. I don't think, I can't, cannot imagine you'd think of Adam Simber. You mentioned Adam Simber's name. I don't know. Uh, anyhow, we don't have any, we, frankly, we don't have any idea, but we know it'll be a bullpen day. Um, and, uh, at some point, the Jays will announce who's getting the start. A reminder that it's an Apple TV game tonight, so there will be uh, uh, no TV coverage, mm. but uh, we will have Danny a game Jansen's live on clean Sportsnet up. 590. How do you know that? Well, I'm just... We will have a game on Sportsnet 590. <laughs> Look at your Defend. face. Well, you're just getting starting arguments for well. no apparent reason. <laughs> with the Danny Jansen thing. Uh. So he mentioned this at the start of the show yesterday, and it's like, it, you know, people... Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has been open to signing a long-term contract with the Toronto Blue Jays since he was, uh, well, probably for the past three years. Uh, but uh, Hector Gomez, a reporter based in the Dominican Republic, reported yesterday that Vladdy Jr. is open to signing a long-term contract with, of course he does. with the Blue Jays this year, uh, which is, as we said, probably not surprising given the fact that he's made it pretty clear that that's been the case all along. Uh, we have no indication that there have ever been any serious discussions or if that if there were serious discussions, how serious they were. Uh, but we have said that, you know, time's a waste. And if you're going to sign Vladdy to a long-term contract, time's a waste. And I thought last year would have been the year to get it done. But, you know, maybe COVID interfered. And if you've got a better sense now of <clears throat> where the, the, you know, the organization is going to be financially, you've got a new CBA, all that stuff. So maybe somehow, maybe somehow uh forces are lining up to uh to give vladdy a long-term contract but it certainly was the timing of this article was interesting because i am one of those people that operates under the assumption that when it comes to contracts nothing uh nothing happens accidentally that's how i see it let's see what our next guest sees about it he is jeff passan of espn jeff thanks for joining barker and myself we appreciate your time as always um, I mentioned this, uh, this, this interview that Vladdy did with, uh, with Hector and, uh, you know, obviously it's getting, a, it's getting a lot of traction in this city because it is one of the, one of the storylines. Um, I'm not surprised. Uh, th- should I read anything into the timing of this or am I being just way too much of a conspiracy theorist here thinking that there's, you know, the fact that it's coming at a time when Vladdy's not had the greatest year, uh, going, that maybe there's something to this other than simply a reporter got a good comment from Vladdy and, and just wrote a story on it. I'm going to be entirely honest. I have not seen this. I have no idea okay. what he said. So can you fill me in on any particulars here? Yeah. I mean, the uh, not, you know, it's, it's not, I mean, it's not, it's not a lengthy comment from Vladdy jr. Just that uh, he is, 
Um, you know, he, well, I'll, I'll get the exact thing for you here as soon as I can find it. Um, that he is, he is open to, uh, and, and that is the word he used, he's open to negotiating, open to signing a long-term contract with the Blue Jays and that he wants to stay here. That's, you know, that's, that's it. That's it. I mean, there wasn't yeah. any, anything more expansive than that. I was just kind of wondering. Can, about I, can I be, can I be honest? That is, that is the biggest nothing. Uh, like, of course he's what, uh, let's put it this way. What else is he going to say? Nothing. Not open to signing. Don't like it here. Yeah. I mean, of course that's what he's, of course that's what he's. The, the thing that's, that's odd like, though, is it's the first, it's kind of the first time this year that he's, it's not the, yeah, it is. It's almost the first time this year that he's, he's said it. I guess is is how I would, but that's not even true because I, that's I, just, do you think that's just because nobody asks about him because they know or nobody asks him that because they know that's what he's going to yeah, say. Maybe, maybe that maybe, maybe that's the case. What would it take to sign him? Do you think right now? I think it's pro. I, I think where he would be right now and where the Blue Jays would be right now are in different places. I feel like he would want it to start with the three, and they wouldn't, and th- and that's where. I think it probably would end. Um, it, look, he came into this year as a two-plus. The Jays have plenty of time left to sign him. Now, if they believe that he's closer, here's where I think he might be right. If they believe he is closer to the player that he was last year than the player that he has been this year, now is 100% the time you try to sign him. Right, mm-hmm. he try to find him coming off a relative down season because if he comes out next year and puts up the same numbers that he did last year, it, he unequivocally would be a three hundred million plus dollar player. Um, but you know, do you start higher than he, if you're the Jays? And, and of course, you're going to have these discussions because you should. Um, if, if having these discussions this off season, you know, you start with maybe a number uh then you would necessarily want to go in hopes that you know maybe he's open to the idea and winds up settling under 300 uh, yeah i think that would be canny strategy but man dude, i i just i don't know i think the window at this point may have been missed because we're getting close you know Mm-hmm. Three years left before he hits free agency after this season. And the price theoretically is only going to go up the closer you get to free agency. Would you be worried he hits a lot of ground balls? <sighs> no, because I think that's something that can change. I think that's something that you can fix. If If it was he doesn't hit the ball very hard, you know, that's the sort of thing where – the biggest leaps you see in guys are year over year, like three miles per hour. And you only see that once. Like you're not seeing a guy naturally gaining, you know, six, eight miles per hour on his exit velocity. You do see guys typically gain six, eight percentage points on, uh, on their fly ball rates. Um, you do see changes in, not necessarily changes in swing, but changes in approach do things to to make that go away. We saw it with Christian Yelich for a while there, and he put up a couple of absolutely incredible seasons, you know, MVP caliber seasons, and, and then the ground balls crept back into his game a little more, and we see 
what's happened there. Um, it's, a, it's a dangerous thing for guys who hit the ball hard to hit it on the ground because you're just not maximizing what you can be at that point. And uh, we, we've seen what Vladdy can be, right? Mm-hmm. He can be one of the best hitters in all of baseball. He just hasn't been this year. Jeff, what do the Chicago White Sox do with Tony La Russa? I would assume get rid of him. Um, I, are you talking like in the short term yeah. or longer? Yeah. Short term. <laughs> Tony Larusa is a Hall of Famer. Tony Larusa is one of the best managers ever to do the job. So you don't want to have this ugly ignominious ending this this nasty departure um but just as guys lose their jobs to injury sometimes managers can too mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. i mean the white Sox. i i don't think it's an accident that the chicago white Sox are playing better baseball under miguel cairo no i don't think I anybody don't. does no mm-hmm. yeah and and with and with that being the case jeff i I just have trouble seeing how at this point you make a change back. You know, the White Sox players are saying all the right things because, of course, they are, because they have to, because they should. But the the truth here, they're a better baseball team when Miguel Cairo is managing them, period, end of story. Do you think Tony steps down? Is there any way you would see that happening? No, no. I don't think that's in his nature. I I think the closest thing we would see to that is a uh, mutual parting where the White Sox go to him and say, hey, we want to do this, and and he has a choice. Either he says, you can fire me, um, and if they do that, then I think, frankly, the, you know, they'll, they'll be lauded for it, or it's a, uh, no, I, I, I understand, but uh, I'll transition into an administrative role, which is, like a job that a college football player used to have where he got paid and didn't show up. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, mm-hmm. the, like what, what Tony La Russa is contributing to baseball these days in terms of new or novel thought, or it, like he's, I, I believe he is always going to have an eye for players. I think he knows what talent is, but it feels more like an emeritus role than anything substantive. Jeff, who is the second best team in the American League? Oh, I think Uh-oh. we. we lost oh, there you go. Sorry, thought no, we lost no, you. No, I. Damn it! I, you know, can someone solve the Bluetooth transition problem? <laughs> Every, I'm serious. Yeah, there. Every single one of us who uses technology, I whether know. it's with our headphones, with our cars. Whatever it is, has had that like one second gap where you know somebody doesn't think they hear you anymore, and everything goes awry. <laughs> everything goes sideways. There's got to be a better way to do this, nerds. There's this has to khakis, and it's on you. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's not on us. <laughs> We're the idiots out here who are who are just uh, truly deeply enjoying. The fruits of your labors and incredibly appreciative for all of the things that you have contributed to our society. 
but you're not infallible. There are problems with technology sometimes, and one of those problems is when I get in the car and I'm talking with Jeff and Kevin on my AirPods and I hit the button to turn my car on, all of a sudden they think that I dropped out. No, no, it's your fault. It's Bluetooth's fault. I hate it. Uh, and I don't even remember the question, so let's try it again. Second best team in the American League is who? That, that was a, You know what? That actually was a chance to filibuster while I – uh, I got my it. thoughts together, and I didn't even use it because <laughs> well, I'm so angry at technology. Um, second best team in the American League. I would say a healthy New York Yankees team oh. is the second best team oh. in the American League. Oh. Okay. Let's let's remember, as bad as the Yankees have looked, guys, um, they were pretty banged up when they looked that bad. You know, batting Isaiah Kiner-Falefa clean up one time was was not the uh, the greatest moment in the pinstripes history. Uh, but this team also was like above everyone. Uh, and I have trouble ignoring that part of it. Um, the, the real answer to me is there is no good answer. You know, I, I was talking with a player last night. And he said, who are your World Series pick? Uh, or who is your World Series pick? And I said, Dodgers versus uh, I don't bleeping know. Right, um, and and that's not that's not even meant to be an indictment on the Astros, by the way. Who, as as you were saying before I came on, I mean, you know, Verlander if he's healthy, one, Framber Valdez, two, like anyone, three. I mean, maybe McCullers. Mm-hmm. Christian Javier's had an incredible season. Jose Arquiti has pitched big playoff games before. Luis Garcia's pitched big playoff games, like. We, we've seen this again and again and again with the Astros. They have so much experience in the playoffs. And, by the way, uh, they've got a sneaky, excellent bullpen. I don't think people realize how good their pen is. It's been the best bullpen in baseball in September. I think they have a 1-1 ERA in September as a total bullpen. So, um, Houston's the clear one, but you can make an argument for Yankees. You can make an argument for Jays. You can make an argument for Rays. You can make an argument for Mariners. I, I think that all, all of them have a reasonable argument to be made. Uh, by the way, I've got a uh, number. I've got a number for you to uh, fix the Bluetooth thing. Uh, what's the punchline? You know, the number is one triple eight three two six seven two nine seven. He looked it up. Triple eight three two six seven two nine seven. That's the Tampa Bay Rays office number. You know they're working on it right now. Uh, okay. Uh, you know they're working I, on it right now. I, I thought, yeah, I thought, I, I thought it was gonna be like I thought you were gonna rickroll me or something like no, that. No, 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 no. All right, I would never do that, Mister Passon. We're gonna let you scoot as always. We appreciate your time. You're the best. See ya. See ya, boys. Take care. It's Jeff Passon of ESPN. He's right. I mean, the Bluetooth thing is uh, Bluetooth thing is an issue. Bluetooth thing in the car, especially. That's like there's all you know the 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 echoes and and. It's just uh, technology is supposed to make make life easier, huh? Well, yeah. So there you go. So a healthy Yankees team. I like the Mariners, but that's just me. But it it is it, hearing Jeff talk. Yankee it, Stadium for me. Is it is remarkable, isn't it? Just how much room Houston has put between themselves so. and everybody else. I think so. Uh, Pitching, it, lineup, balance, and the bullpen, bullpen too. defense. The bullpen is base running. It, it's interesting hearing Jeff. I have a little bit 
closer? Ooh, yeah, I have I a little bit so. of concern about that, but God, I, you know, they, they've got, they're going to have three starting pitchers who are going to be looking for stuff to do. It's a great point. <sighs> I just don't. Dusty I, Baker too. I don't see how they, I, I don't see how they, how they lose the American league. Uh, so one of the other things Vladdy said yesterday, still a little maybe a little salty about that mvp thing last year Mm. said that he thinks it would be a steal if shohei otani was the mvp this year Mm. instead of aaron judge which i happen to agree with how do you feel about it uh i think you should just not speak uh move on worry about what you're going to do the last 18 games of the season to help your team go into the playoffs that's what i think Sometimes it's it's harder to say nothing than to say what he said. That's just me. I'd love it to just say, you know what? Dude's pretty good over there too. But I was really good last year also. This year I need to be better to help my team. I'm going to try and do that. How about that answer? Yeah, it's all I've always thought I've always shouldn't say always because he's only been in the league for a few years but i seems longer i I really think that vladdy jr i I wish we could all speak spanish because i think vladdy jr thinks about more things and has opinions about more things than we sometimes give him credit for maybe you know i really do and there's a lot of people around him though that can but i see yeah, I know, I know you're, a lot of people's initial reaction would be, why are you even talking about it? I take the exact opposite. I like the fact that he, I like the fact that Vladdy is willing to say stuff like that. It's old news. First of all, because I agree with him. Because I agree with him, which is great. But I kind of like that. It's old news for me. I don't know. I, I kind of wish that, I, I like it when, when guys, I'm not saying you have to be a crap disturber. And I, and, but I like it when guys are honest. Is, what did you get from stuff that doesn't it. affect? Why'd you say it? What'd you get from it? Us talking about it? No, be, I, I think what's what the, you. What's I, the point? Because I think you, I think you Judge showed a little something help. about yourself. Ah, I think it's good when other players weigh in and things like that. I really do. Okay. See, I wish more players would weigh in on stuff game related. I, I understand. No one wants to crap in a teammate. I'm fine with that. Don't crap in your teammate. Don't crap in your manager. Be good to fans. Don't. Insult your team, all that good stuff. But if you got an opinion about something about the game, the game in general, the wider game, absolutely don't be afraid to say it. Absolutely don't be afraid to say it. It's clearly, it's going to be the dominant postseason discussion this year after the World Series the, when the individual awards come out. It's, Is it, though? Yeah. The, uh, the American League MVP, that's going to be That guy gonna, in New York's be been big. pretty good. And you know the other thing too is we're not even we haven't even mentioned we haven't even mentioned Mike Trout who's putting up a good year as well. I've, it's it's again this gets back to the old argument: is an MVP an MVP on a team that stinks? Do you have to be on a good team to be the most valuable player? Now the the, the problem is the way it's judged is the player who is the most valuable to this particular team, mm. as opposed to the player who is the most valuable player in the American League. It's, I know you're splitting hairs, but I've. I just think you have to play, and I know a lot of people don't feel it, feel this way. I think to be an MVP, you've got to be in a team that has won. Because my question is, I think it helps my, a lot. Yeah, and my question is, most valuable player on what? Unless you're a unicorn Which, for the first time. Yeah. 
See, that's why I think that 61, it's important for Judge to break the American League record. 62, it's awfully hard to look at a guy who's broken a record that was set in 1961 and go, well, yeah, but it's just another record. Nah, it's not. That's a pretty significant record. That's it for us today. We'll be back on Sunday. We'll wrap up the Jays series against the Baltimore Orioles. On Blue Jays Talk, as always, we will be back on Monday from 10 to noon Eastern on 590, 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the baseball.